Never in the history of the world have the merchants of obscenity had available to them the modern facilities for disseminating this filth. Disseminating this filth. The onslaught of the communist masters of deceit. Bingo. Sluts. Inco. Comma. Sluts. Inco. Comma. Sluts. Inco. Comma. Sluts. Hello. Yo, yo, yo. Steve's here. It's 97.1. It's 97.1. Remember when Snow was a thing? The musician Snow? Oh, yeah. Didn't he have like two O's in his name or something stupid? Uh, It was something stupid. No, but I was like looking through old pictures, baby pictures, and I saw Thanksgiving 1989. It was like three feet of snow on the ground. Yeah, it used to snow. I just get shit rain for 12 hours a day. I just like that we're through the part of global warming where we had a lot of slush for a while. Mm. And now we're just damp wetness. Oh, Marlo's here. We're just talking about global warming. All right. I thought you were talking about WAPs. The slush. Now we're just uh, no, I just heard wetness. I said it. I missed snow. We had a nor'easter today because you get those in South Jersey because it's a bum fuck place. So yeah, that's snow. true. Weather picks to be based but on like nor- nor'easter rain. If it was a civilized place, we would call it a northeaster, but it's not. So we. But call if it's it a, a cool nor'easter. fucking place, you call it a nor'easter, bitch. <sighs> Apostrophes instead of letters. I was saying that I was looking through baby pictures and I came upon Thanksgiving 1989 Mm. and there were three feet of snow. I mean, we still get snow. Uh, Not on Thanksgiving. I fucking almost died going to court. That was in like February. We don't get snow until like February now. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. true. And it sucks. Sometimes not even. I think think last year, the only time it snowed was late February, early March. Mm. Yeah, and by that time, it's too late to be snowing. Yeah, fuck you, weather. Yeah, fuck get the you. fuck out of here. It should snow all year Ew. round. Oh. No, I've since a young age had a goal of becoming a mad scientist to make it snow all year round. Just because I like the snow. I am the opposite. I am like, bring on the heat, baby. I won't love all the bugs, insects that will accompany the global warming tropification of the world. But, you know, I'll dig wearing a tank top all the time. Know what I'm saying, guys? Yeah. Layers suck. I don't know what yeah, you're like talking I'm, about I'm, at all. I'm fat and don't have the Italian confidence to pull that look off. <laughs> You can't unbutton your shirt a little bit. I wear t-shirts. I don't wear shirts with buttons. What do I look like? A fucking capitalist? I don't know. Or like a cool Guido or like an older Hispanic man. 
or a younger Hispanic man. I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah, you don't really see a lot of wife beater chess. Mm -hmm. uh, you see like wife beater dominoes. Sure. Like that. That's a that's a look. You see wife beater cards. Like I'm not gonna become an old man and wear a wife beater and play chess. No one does that. Well, that's because why not? That would be cool as fuck. I think you. Could you would think the Russians, but yeah, uh, the Russians. Speaking, Speaking of, of which, which uh -huh. I've consumed yeah. a lot of Russian content today. Thanks, Steve. You're welcome. Yeah, I, I'm still in the first two episodes. Oh my god. And let me just say really most reminds me of an anime from the 90s first what are we talking about to the lake we're talking about to the lake i'm under the silver lake to the lake to it's the lake. a russian series it's about a pandemic, but it has almost the feel of a zombie. Uh, yeah, it, show. it's a zombie show. They just are pretending it's not. Well, going. it's like Contagion. Plus. Yeah, it's like what if Contagion like had magic? So, but also before. like one Russian dude who's fucking two bitches. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, it is a very dudes rock episode yeah, that also does lend my earlier thesis that it's a 90s anime. And I mean, first and foremost that's noticeable is the just fucking awful dub job that Netflix did. I didn't use oh, dub. I switched back yeah. to the Russian and did it with subtitles. Subtitles so all the way. Oh, I yeah, wanted to hear the actors' voices. It uh, has some charm, I'll say. Again, I just because it's really bad. I mean, there's yeah. some good dubbing that outside of animation. Let's get fucking real. Yeah, no, it's the and best also it, it just can be. <laughs> feels like they don't have very good voice actors. Like it's more than the words matching the lips, but it does give it this very anime feel where it's like, we must get out of here. What? This is my father. His name is Boris. And like, and then like the soldiers. And it also has a very uh, feel to the 90s anime where there's this presumption in 90s anime that like Tokyo is the most important city on earth. Yeah. And it does that for Moscow. Yeah. And um, clearly that's not true. Clearly, Crystal Tokyo in the future of Sailor Moon is the most well, important. Well, yeah, no, it's always a different Tokyo yeah. than the current Tokyo, but like it's still Tokyo. It, crystal Tokyo, it's Tokyo, but with some crystal palaces. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> That's what we should do. We should do a real deep dive on Sailor Moon uh, one day. So, Bunny, is it a good thing that I made you watch this or a bad thing? It was funny because I went in trying to focus on my expertise as an orthodox christian um but what was funny to me is that the uh scenes that you pointed out i was like 
oh, very regular and mundane to me. Uh, so I did like the priest who could fix the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is Santa Claus that could fix the car. Yeah, yeah. And everyone knows Santa Claus was Greek Orthodox well, bishop. <laughs> it, it, would, it wouldn't be. Who had a lot of feelings about fucking some theological bullshit. Pre-Council of Nicaea, it was something like, anyway... The actual St. Nicholas had a lot of feelings on the particulars of how you could do confession, I think. Right. So, also towards. so I, I want to set this up that this show was made before COVID. The show was yes. made or released in the fall of 2019 in Russia. And then Netflix picked it up after it won some awards in like award shows or festivals. Yeah, which I love that thing that Netflix does where it'll pick up a show, especially from an international market, and then they'll put it on Netflix and they'll be like, bam, Netflix original series. Oh, yeah, no, that, that <laughs> like, fucking rule. Not even like Netflix presents, but like, yeah, yeah, we no, made total this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. A, a dude's rock move for a dude's rock show. I know. Uh, look, I, I feel like I'm consuming a lot of dude's rock content these days. Yeah, we made um, you watch uh, Red Dawn, which was very dude's rock. <laughs> James Bond. Though mm-hmm. so we did watch Queen's Gambit. Which yeah, uh, but that's almost Lady Dude Rock. That's an anime. Well, there no, you're just saying that because a clearly she her face is not real. <laughs> yeah, she's got very big eyes. No, but it's a uh, Shunin anime. It's a young prodigy. Hikari No Go would be the uh, something No Go. Phil knows what I'm talking about. I'm speaking to our audience. <laughs> Didn't you say that like a non-zombie pandemic is a genre or post-apocalyptic? Yeah, uh, the Russians really like post-apocalyptic shit. Because I just know about this other fucking series. It's called like Metro or some shit, and it's like this mega franchise out of Russia that's like coming into America through video games but like it started as a novel series it's like mutants overtake Moscow and like everyone lives in the subway system oh my god let me just put it this way guys if you've ever met a Russian boy do they think Moscow is the center Mm -hmm. of the world Like, even on a disparaging, like, matter-of-fact, throwaway way, like, every person I know who is Russian is like, of course, Moscow. And I'm like, my familiarity with Moscow as a place is purely a theater history. (laughs) Yeah, but that's the same with the East Coast in New York and the West Coast in L.A. Yeah. Is it? No, well, the difference is those cities actually are better. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. And like, let's bring up, I loved it because uh, there was a brief return to normalcy where we had an online New York versus everybody moment. By the way, the series, Uh, well, the first novel is called Metro 2033. uh, And uh, it is the Metro franchise. So that's what I was thinking of just. But anyway, you were saying New York versus everyone. Yeah, New York versus everyone. You know, I, too, as someone who's lived uh, the majority of her adult life in and around New York, where I have a familiarity and a, like, periods of just, like, utter hatred of... (laughs) 
of New York. The reason New York gets so much attention is because it's literally the largest city in the fucking country. <laughs> like, yeah. I can't emphasize this enough. And it's uh, one of the uh, two media capitals. Yeah, it's one of the two media capitals, but like and uh, financial the, capital, the population. So the way and has like the best people who are better than you. New York is a center of fashion, finance, media, entertainment, like all of these industries in uh, one place. Also, it's more populous than any other fucking city in the country. Again, the second most populous city is, of course, Los Angeles, which I think is like five million people difference. Significant. I say so yeah i i think it's fucking fine to focus on well <laughs> i wanted to bring that up that there was throughout the show the farther they moved out of moscow the more they found people who hated people from moscow which i'm yeah. going to discuss in a little bit but i wanted to talk about well there was that like kind of right at the beginning it was like oh kind of this implication that the people from the city were going to infiltrate these mm-hmm. still clean other yeah. rural yeah. places right to escape um, yeah, which is always fun because I think that's how the big city gets treated. Like, it's the center of everything, blah, blah, blah. But it's also, like, a gross, dangerous place full of, like, terrible people, ill-equipped. Which I can relate to because that's how most people thought of the cities when the pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. People fled to the suburbs. and So that was relatable to me in terms of, wow, you guys really predicted a pandemic pretty well a couple uh, months before. So I would just hang up though uh, as a counterpoint and also I'm going to call this Zizekian even Mm -hmm. though I don't have a specific thing Zizek said but in his words I don't watch about 40% of the movies I discuss so I don't uh, read about 80% of the Zizek I refer to so I would say the one thing is it's softly a propaganda piece just in so far as suggesting that the government of Russia is competent enough to be that overtly, like quickly, like within 40 fucking eight hours. Well, they discuss yeah. that in later episodes. Okay. Um, which is to say... Also, I just gotta say, like, within 48 hours, there's already rape gangs. Seems a bit much. Well, that was the thing, too, is that I felt like it felt like I could easily imagine an American watching this and being like, uh-huh, like, not us. Like, uh, yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> like, like, I just... Like, we haven't gotten to full-on rape games yeah, yet. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, um, how could you? Like, you, that's, you the, just... that's the name of the episode, Full-On Rape Gangs. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, our sponsors, the Full-On Gangs. <laughs> uh. <laughs> like, our sponsors, the Tourism Board of New York. <laughs> Type in Pinko Kami Sluts... <laughs> 20 when you visit iheartnewyork.com or whatever the fuck their tourism site is. But yeah, I, I don't think uh, it feels like somewhat immediately outside of even a place like New York that in 48 hours everything could break down to this degree. I get clockwork orange yeah. dystopia. Yeah, no, they went really yeah, yeah. And I just think clockwork I- orange and without the humorous, like, 
fairy tale shit and clockwork orange. Yeah, without like a dude wearing fake eyelashes. Yeah, and like being at a milk bar, (laughs) which is also like a drug thing, but like they serve milk for some fucking reason. But I do think that people are kind of horny for that idea, like that so quickly everything would just break down. Whereas I think in reality, a real breakdown of society, you would have tons of people maintaining the status quo of whatever their portion of society is like way past the point of it making sense. I feel like that's a way more like than people immediately breaking down Like you don't want to go full on rape gang within 48 hours because like in the next 48 hours they might say say, I'm going to say officially you never want to go But what if in another 48 hours hold on what if in another 48 hours they come out and are like oh shit we got a cure now everything's fine and then you've like been in a rape gang for fucking four days yeah you're the asshole (laughs) (laughs) that dude's the asshole I say the first time you get offered the opportunity to join a rape gang, you say no, just on the off chance that everything turns around really quick. Yeah, no, like it. And also it could be a test because if I was like running some kind of lady takeover of dystopian society, that's how I would test people is I'd be like, hey, want to join this rape gang? And then if you're like, yeah, I'm like, oh, you're dead now. Sorry, you can't be in my new utopian society. That's right. Not a dystopia. It's a utopia. I got it. Oh, my God. I want to talk about the (laughs) the class of the people in this. I think that was immediately interesting because it's something that Mm -hmm. I guess I don't watch enough Russian cinema or shows, but they very much showed upper middle class and very wealthy suburbanites from Moscow. The majority of the people, like you had the therapist girlfriend who lived in this luxurious house with her mentally handicapped Asperger's son. Okay, I got an asterisk there. I I have lots of thoughts about the R word of the show. Yeah, no, they basically, (laughs) I don't know how it was in the subtitles, but in the dubs, you know the people dubbing it were like, well, the word literally means R. English. Well, we can't do that. But you can in Russia. We can't do it here. I would also just say, though, like, given Russian Doll as a television show, I can't trust that there's any accuracy in these buildings. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, just was, seeing what like Russian Doll did with New York apartments. No, no like, I agree with that. That there, there seemed to be everyone an, in that show was a billionaire. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, like the former kleptocrat just had this huge mansion. Yeah, no, the kleptocrat like was a very Russian specific character. He was a former military guy, right? So, like a higher up formerly of the Soviet Union and then he just got really wealthy with the fall. Mm-hmm. You had some like lower class working class people like uh, Ira, Irina who is struggling with her child and bringing them to school in Moscow because she can't afford to live in the suburbs like the new girlfriend can. 
who she resents and hates so yeah, no, she much. Makes that <laughs> she like a thing she talks about. If you watch lot. the rest of the series, they go at it like two. Yeah, yeah. No, she like yep. reads her diary. It's, it's yeah, like, I get. Great. I get that the point of this is like a family drama Bitches on be the crazy. backdrop of the apocalypse. I, I get that that's the conceit, but I feel like there's something very Russian with going. What's this family drama? Oh, it's when your mistress and your ex-wife have to live in the same place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, that situation. And one has perfectly fine son, and <laughs> other, you know. Whoa, we don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, it, it, but that's the, how it's, you know. But that's what, okay, deep. you find out when she... Ira, the cold-hearted sociopath ex-wife, reads the diary. You find out that she ends up fucking Sergey to have a new father for the... That's her motivation for the entire... Yeah, see, okay. I just gotta say for the Which record. Is, like, I just want to put a little disclaimer in here. Ladies, no matter what any media has told you, do not write down your fucked <laughs> up thoughts in an easily identifiable tome. Look, chances are. Gonna Especially if you're stealing shit. somebody's man, which she did. <laughs> yeah, so just put it in code, do something, but do not ever feel safe in uh, admitting your darkest motivations for things. I, just in general, I think. Yeah, I mean, uh, let me tell you, especially if a real breakdown of society starts happening i'm reading all of your diaries i don't care you want that drama you want i'm responsible see that's the thing i will creep up in your personal information but i will live a double life for the rest of my life i will pretend i've never read these are you saying i would do that wouldn't have sex with but, your ex-husband while the current girlfriend is dying from the plague. <laughs> well, I mean, look, to be fair to Ira, I think that she yeah, was definitely yeah. going to die, the new girlfriend. So also they do it right after she saves him. Like, is he suiciding? Did he just fall into the Yeah, the, pool? the son. No, no. Okay, he drinks himself yeah, into a pool. Yeah. Uh, and then they bang next to the yeah. pool. And it's really uncomfortable as the grandfather says the prayer to the idol, to the icon. To the icon, yes. And I liked how many candles <laughs> there were. Oh, God. It was so good, though, later on when the priest who marries everyone mm-hmm. but also fixes the car, the character Marina is like, can you light a candle for my dead baby? And the priest is like, did you get it baptized? <laughs> and she's like, I didn't get a chance. And he's like, so can't do it. Can't we got rules. Does the fucking Russian Orthodox Church work off of 1100? Yeah. Well, yes. Well, the fucked up thing is that Orthodoxy sees itself as doing the rituals and sacraments unchanged for 2,000 years, right? But the Russian Orthodox Church in particular made changes. Yeah, I know about in old believers. To like blah, blah, blah. And then recently they've had a further schism with. If the other orthodoxies for political reasons. The funny part about it is he's like, I can't light a candle for your unbaptized dead child, but what you could do 
you as the mother is you could personally intercede on that child's soul's behalf. Like, that's a very orthodox <laughs> thing that, like, they have these technicalities with the rituals, but because it's ultimately that you have this mysticism where you could personally intercede. And if you feel unworthy, you can avoid trying to ask Christ or God themselves. You could go through the Virgin Mary or a saint of your choice to like go on your behalf. And that's the cool thing about the Virgin Mary is that she's just like fucking doing it. She'll fucking pray on anybody's behalf, you guys. Yeah, so if you feel particularly unworthy, you ask typically the Virgin Mary or the, like, name saint that you feel most comfortable with to, like, do the thing for you. But I love that, like, technically the priest can't light a candle for the unbaptized soul, but you could directly ask God yourself to save it. It's a loophole. Like, it's so funny to me, and it's a really fun juxtaposition with what I understand Catholicism to be. Well, yeah, um, Catholicism specifically like, dropped the unbaptized baby shit because they realized, like, it's kind of traumatizing. Like, weird. <laughs> yeah, and terrible. <laughs> like, just, they realized, oh, right, that's awful. Our bad. Yeah, well, that's why orthodoxy is cool, because we are hardcore, and we're like, death, 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 look at skeletons. That is true. They yeah. are the best beards. Like, how am I they supposed are. to tell the that a Catholic priest is wise? Like, they could be 11. I don't know. Like, they don't have beards. Mm-hmm. Is that because they're like children? Well, and then you know, you've got like Catholic priests. They could be Italian. They could be Hispanic. They could be Irish. Yeah, Italian no, I mean, priests. their church least, was more successful than yours. I mean, <laughs> I mean, just in like a global outreach terms. And yeah, because uh, and they're more. So oppressive. they win. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, who's not that's, oppressive? That's, uh, a bunch of religions that don't exist anymore. Um, I wanted to talk about. The Soviet nostalgia, since this is pinko commie sluts. Yeah, no, I mean, this would be outside the ken of what I've seen so far, so uh, present your case, dude. Did you feel like there was a sort of nostalgia for a previous organization? So Misha, the mentally handicapped child... He has autism, it's like... Yeah, yeah, not even, well, I mean, like, now it would be just called autism spectrum, but, like, yeah, he's a very high-functioning autistic, but it's barely a thing. I'm fairly certain I have Asperger's. Somewhat weirdly, she tortures him by, like, like, (laughs) by the hot teenage girl, making him lick alcohol off of her and then making him throw up afterwards and then has sex with her in the next scene. But like that entire storyline is so contrived because immediately she's introduced as this like bad girl. She's wearing dark lipstick. But what I disliked is that upon her first interaction with the Misha character, she's immediately trying to like feel him up. And I, I don't know. Look. 
let me know if I'm crazy here. But I've known a lot of crazy bitches, and this trope still always <laughs> feels yeah. so fake to me. This girl who's like, I'm going to stick my foot on this guy's deck, <laughs> like under a table. He's the I'm only so one within my tenure like, age range that's not. Like, I can see that. Okay, I'm... getting back to. I just feel like yeah, this no, is I something I only. Said. Just even the people I know who acted out in these ways, uh, you know, played with promiscuity, et cetera. Like, this still doesn't feel like something they do. It's always like, well, it seems it, yeah, like the fantasy seemed, of some writer. Predatory, <laughs> predatory women, yeah. you know, Russians love that. Not that predatory women don't exist, but I feel like in fiction, often the predatory woman is less reflective of but listen, the, the reality of a predatory woman. But listen, woman the magic like, of the Russian Orthodox Church got them married, and so now they're happily ever after. Like, okay, <laughs> Move on. <laughs> this does sound like it turns into the current right. and left behind. Okay. It's doing what you've been saying, to mm-hmm. be honest. All right. So Misha is sitting down next to Boris. Boris is the Russian grandfather, the father of Sergei. And Sergei is like almost on the brink of dying and they're like sewing him up. I think Irina just sewed him up and he's feverish and they're hoping he survives. And Boris is drinking with Misha and Misha's like, why does your son hate you, basically? And Boris is like, well, we didn't really have a manual for being parents, let alone good parents. And the exact quote is, we worked from dawn till dusk for a better tomorrow, but after Perestroika, that better tomorrow was just canceled. And then he goes on to say that he was a mathematician working in, you know, a government institute. Yes, there's a lot of, uh, sorry to cut you off, there's a lot of coping mm-hmm. mentions of his mathematicianness and a lot of characterization of, like, Sergei has an oppositional feeling about his father's praying mm-hmm. and he brings up Darwin for no reason. <laughs> And it's very much faith versus a godless science. Like, Sergei comes off uh, as, like, the sort of atheist non-believer, and his father is the ex-Soviet mm-hmm. who turned to the or- Russian Orthodox Church to deal with the fact that there was no Soviet Union anymore. Which is, I think, the larger propaganda piece in this. Yes, right? Like, that's the right. current Putin-era propaganda. Not this complete like, right. repulsion at the Soviet era, but this, like, oh, we had to, like, transcend it and, like, become this new thing that, like, merged or, like, went back Also to had capitalism. Yes, and um, that's why I think a lot of the religious moments in the series were so kind of rustic not you know what i mean like you did not see the inside of a glittering well, I would also, orthodox cathedral i'd also say that's very you, left behind because you know? um 
I mean, they're Protestants, so they have no fucking sense of pride. Well, I yeah, mean, they so just they're like, basically like, wishes. Oh, a living room can be a church. Grape but also juice they can have, be wine. Um, it can't. You know, they, it's the end of the world and like Christianity's banned and all that shit. So, like, they have their like little church in the woods shit. Yes, it, it, they're little like, how do we do the magic without? Well, how to have an ideology? Set. I think is. <laughs> well, I don't even know if it is an ideology. I think people regress to these like magical tropes where it becomes really important that they light the candle the certain way, but I, or they. I just want to kind know, of. I would uh, just kind of want to contextualize the perestroika put, thing. That kind of thing yes, to an no, American no, no, no. would be confusing. I think because perestroika was seen mm-hmm. as a step in the right direction for the Soviet Union, which in an American kind of anti-communist mind, the perestroika led to the better version of the Soviet Union, which was the Russian Republic, which we all know is a lie. Like the Russian Republic is much poorer than the Soviet Union was. And perestroika gets thrown in there as a transitional thing, whereas it really hurt a lot of people. And that's why I found this character exchange to be interesting because there seemed to be nostalgia for pre-80s Russia when they were a great empire, you know, very conscious of how perestroika destroyed that future, destroyed the promise of a great Soviet Union, which seemed very conscious. It was a very conscious decision on the writer's part and the political ethos of this. And I, I wanted to explain, okay, maybe one of you can better explain what perestroika was, but in my elementary knowledge, it was a series of liberal reforms that brought some capitalism, some private enterprise into the Soviet Union, some trading that was followed by kind of an austerity cutting of things like social science institutes that this guy would work at that would get shut down or mathematical institutes that were building for this greater future as he said you know we were building for this greater future and then that got shut down am i getting that correctly uh, as far as i know i i am not gonna say i have any sort of deep knowledge of it perestroika means restructuring of the political yeah, yeah. economy from what i understand is what happened in the 80s that eventually uh, led to the dissolution uh of the soviet well Union it tried to solve the problem which was uh, economic stagnation, uh, which had been happening throughout the later part of the 70s. I think there was five years where there was no GDP growth and the Soviet government was kind of panicking. And their answer ended up being perestroika, which was implemented in 1980 as a way to generate growth. But like the thing that is kind of anti-capitalist that you can draw from that is that It didn't have any growth. It didn't grow the GDP. It actually continued to stagnate throughout the early 80s until its collapse, you know, in the late 80s. So perestroika is often viewed as something that was supposed to save the Soviet Union, but ended up leading to its collapse or a transitional phase. And I find that interesting, the way that we're looking at that in Russia from 2020, looking back 40 years and saying, this part of the Soviet Union era 
made our lives worse as just citizens. And that doesn't get taught in capitalist nations that the Soviet Union was far more powerful and far more economically prosperous, even in its most stagnated times than the Russian Republic will ever be. It could grow larger, but, you know, at this point, it, you know, if was followed by an economic collapse, which now it's like, what's the economy of Russia right now? It's like the size of a couple states. Like, I know the GDP of Russia is like the size of Texas and some other state. And that it's a generally poorer country and that there's great economic inequality, which I think is displayed in this show that there's a lot of, you know, these very rich people living in the suburbs, these mansions, and the poor people that are infected by the virus. Yeah. Um, then there's a second scene, which is in a later episode, where they come upon these uh, this old Soviet army reserve who swore an oath to the military science of the Soviet Union, you know, and read out the oath. And the woman who was there was like, well, none of that is there. The Soviet Union isn't there. The military science of the Soviet Union is there. The only thing left here is the people. And then that person who has one leg gets in his old Soviet uniform, rounds up a bunch of like the yokels in the local village, and then they band together to form a militia that then fights against the militarized police, which they explain are an illegal police force. They're not the actual government. They are an illegal force that has taken over the country in the absence of the government, which has been killed by the virus. Okay. So you have this these two instances <laughs> of kind of Soviet nostalgia, and they're both pretty favorable. And as we were talking about last week with Queen's Gambit being the pro-Soviet show, I was very sensitive to seeing this as a pro-Soviet elements to it in Russia. And people mm-hmm. from America often don't understand that there is a nostalgia for the Soviet Union in Russia. Yeah, I mean, they can barely understand <laughs> that anything positive happened. They're just like, no, everyone was sad. There, there was another movie, Trans-Siberian, where I saw this, where Woody Harrelson's <laughs> character was talking to like the, the ex-Soviet police officer, and he's like... You can't actually mean that you're you missed the days of Stalin, the genocide. And the guy was like, "Yes, well now <laughs> here in Russia we have this, you know, old folksy joke about people getting on airplanes and people dying." Pointing again to the inequality <laughs> that introducing capitalism into a formerly socialist state brought about all of the bad parts of capitalism that we just have come to internalize. Come to internalize and come to essentialize as evidence of worth and how hard you worked and all that fun stuff. The only other thing I had was that this show ends with the Chinese invading. The Chinese are infected with the virus, but they're also invading the country. And there are rumors, and this is the kicker, that the Chinese started the virus to come and take over. Okay. (laughs) The series one ends with 
the lake house being firebombed by the Chinese and the Chinese coming down to take them. Season two, Chinese virus. Season two, the Chinese the fix everything. Virus. They fix everything with little cups the of hot water. virus. Wouldn't that be funny if that uh, little how, cups of water uh, we cured something? Mm. Little cups of hot water. Yeah, no, they do love that shit. (laughs) It's their favorite fucking thing. They love going to restaurants and just asking for cups of hot water. (laughs) It's their favorite thing in the world. (laughs) And if it's an outdoor dining at all, they will assume that they're allowed to smoke. Yeah. Yeah. That's the... uh... Oh no! Yeah, watch it with dubs. Like, yeah, because the dubs like really make it feel like an anime. Like, also, even the like dude situation <laughs> of being in a love triangle, like that's very anime. The cops being like, "Get back, lady, or else I'm gonna have to do something." Yeah, it's all very anime. I kind of like that. I well, no, it's it is like anime in that I get very irritated again that the English subtitles do not match yeah. the choices they've made for the dub. Is, why why I mean, make two it's different like two choices? I don't, I don't understand. Well, it's presumably two companies and presumably one company that based their translation off of text alone and another company that based their translation off of how the or as Derrida would say of the person <laughs> as somebody who has consumed a lot of dubbed content throughout her life just you know with my fabulous international Canadian American lifestyle it's a it's a thing uh there was this like I remember very distinctly being young and there was like some children's programming that was obviously dubbed <sighs> Uh, into English from some other language. But I just remember the main girl in this, like, it was like two kids who had found a magic house, some shit like this. And uh, the girl was like, yes, I like to smell flowers in the summertime. (laughs) And they made her say it like this so it would match the mouth Um. of the actress. (laughs) And yeah. I've always thought it ruled uh, very uh, hard. No, yes. Well, actually, interestingly, <laughs> but, um, I just learned that um, uh, the big comfy couch, speaking of children's shows and language shit, mm-hmm. um, because it was, like, made in Canada and, like, expected to be shown to different language audiences, they specifically shied away from, like, the letter A goes, ah, like Apple, like they specifically did not do any linguistic shit in Big Comfy Couch, and instead was just like, "Here's cleaning your room or whatever the fuck." Did yeah, you okay. Just say, they're both uh, short A like sounds. Apple, Apple, whatever. <laughs> it's a Canadian accent. I, I can't. <laughs> the way they say period. Ah. Ah. Huh? End of every sentence. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, they say Z, not Z. Why, why Z? Yeah, they do say Z. Oh, yeah, throw that in, Matt. That shit rules. Let's get it sued by Rush. (laughs) (laughs) It's all text to Derrida. Yeah, rules. 
So, I, in other words, according to Derrida, I actually am watching subtitles. Yeah, because language and speech is actually just writing. Yeah, speech and writing. Yeah, all, all speech is writing. So, like, actually, I am watching it in subtitles, according to postmodernism. Yeah, no, it's, it's all right. I, I can see where it's going, I suppose. I thought it would just tickle all of our kind of interests. I also noted, not surprisingly, but no gay. Yeah, no, they're not going to explore that shit. Nope. (laughs) No gay. They're going to have sex with an Asperger's person, but they're not going to have gay sex. (laughs) It was so mean, too. That's for sure. It was so mean. She had sex with him. She had, like, a fantastical vision of the person she killed in the first episode who was staring at her. Yeah, their characters are incredibly stupid. And he says to her, was it good? And she's like, it was pure magic. And she goes, oh, that's great. And she's like, I was being sarcastic. (laughs) And just walked (laughs) off. Um, okay. I will have to, in the defense of Russians, they can't enjoy much of anything. That is a frequent facet of my consumption of Russian. Your son, what is he? Uh, some kind of freak? And what is he, mentally ill? That's why I mean, God. That's why I mean. that, that line was awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is he some kind of R? <laughs> Yeah, I did like that because that is uh, definitely... Like, and the way they, like, display this dude, like, half the time I kind of forgot and thought he was, like, actually, like, a non-verbal autistic. Mm-hmm. Like, they're just like, well, we have to homeschool him, and da, 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 da. And it's like, if you're calling it Asperger's, no, you fucking don't. <laughs> He's fine. Yeah, he's looking at fine, and he likes drones. Big fucking deal. If again, if you're calling it Asperger's, it's not a thing that's an issue. <laughs> it just isn't. There's like, a, shut the fuck up. There's another great thing. It's the most Russian thing ever. These other side characters, they stop by the side of the road and they find the most Russian woman dancing to a karaoke machine by herself. Oh, yeah, it's really COVID town out here. She's dancing to a karaoke machine by herself. The guy, he's complaining about how he has 99 lays in his life. He lays her and he's like, he's if I have one more sexual lays. encounter, I will die a happy man. And then he has sex with her and then he dies the next day. That's called Russian fucking poetry right there. I can mm-hmm. see the Russian you know don't enjoy anything they love it and if you think you're enjoying something there's something wrong <laughs> there's something wrong with either you that, that is a very Russian point of and view because um, the two are intrinsically leaked you shouldn't enjoy anything like it is just gonna be misery all the way down and I appreciate that point of view that's why I started reading Russian literature when I was like 13 and I read War and Peace and I was like this really speaks to my soul see I I think my interaction with uh, Russian stuff is definitely way more through theater so 
I enjoyed more of your Brecht, your Chekhov, your Sardism. The answer Does is anything no. have any meaning? Does suffering have meaning? Which mm. is actually really the German answer. <laughs> and then you've got like the French <laughs> who are like, who cares if it has meaning? Oh, we're very sexy about it. As opposed to the Greek where they're like, is that it? Uh, is that what it is? On a beach about the suffering. This is me elevating the likes of like I mean, Zorba. I think the Italian like, answer is so like, suffering? Like, Are you calling me gay uh, or something? <laughs> Though I do think Russian they uh, sure are. stuff is preoccupied with suffering. You know, how to be cool about it. That's a big question. On an exceptionally hot evening early in oh, July, geez. a young man yeah. came out of the garret in which he lodged in S place and walked slowly as though in hesitation towards Caber. He had successfully avoided meeting his landlady on the stairs. He hates his landlady. Roskonikov just hates his landlady, and that's who he ends up killing. You can just tell from like the second sentence in this fucking book <laughs> that Raskolnikov is gonna kill his landlady. Well, that's also a very Russian thing: is finding a like narrative yeah. contrivance. Yeah, like, I can see like, myself. Maybe I could murdering my landlord. <laughs> or like, have you ever really thought about murdering? Hoarding all the money. <laughs> She's hoarding all the money, the and then he takes the money bad. and he gives it yeah. out to poor people, and then buries the rest. Of it. And like, what's the harm? He just murdered a landlady, and then he had a the other perspective, which is the Law and Order CI move, which is to have the police officer like looking for him in the in the b-plot of this book and you know then you have endless repetitions of this style of crime and punishment uh, which is incidentally the name of the uh, i say that. for the first time learning uh, which book yeah. you were talking about uh, which, i was like is this uh, anna karenina <laughs> i have no anna karenina is not the guilty you, man but the guilty woman no it's not anna yeah, karenina <laughs> No, but have you ever thought about how the Woody Allen picture, Crimes and Misdemeanors, mirrors these things? God damn it. Well, all I where, know is I like Out Cold because they basically left the plot of Casablanca and that shit rules. Yeah, yeah Crimes and Misdemeanors. That, yeah, it is what it's called. Ooh, that has anyone ever is, tried to do is, a uh, modern adaptation of Anna Karenina, but like it takes place in like 2020 or something terrible like that? There's. I feel like you could do that very There's Yeah, let's do it. I mean, it. there's the Kira Knightley movie. <laughs> right, right. No, I know they've done the movie before, but like, no, I just want to I want to like have that shit take place on the backdrop of like high school drama or something. You want to like, that would be Well, yeah, no, I want to do um 10 things I hate about you. Is that taming of the shrew? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Ten no, things like I hate about you is indeed taming of the shrew. Um, it is my favorite um, movie. But uh, Clueless, your favorite movie, is uh, basically a modern adaptation of Emma. Jane Austen, Emma, which you know from the Gwyneth Paltrow Empire Waste no Archery movie. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow made the movie, uh, the 90, or the early 2000s, 90s version of Emma. 
And uh, she's wearing a beautiful empire waisted dress, which very much resembles Princess Serenity's Moon Princess outfit in Sailor Moon. <laughs> to, to bring it back to that. But also the poster she's like shooting. Okay, so then okay, I just gotta uh, say, yeah, I very much empire waist dress uh, and I literally still don't know just what it is. Okay, so uh, what would the Anna Karenina... Uh, empire waist okay, dress so, uh, okay. is a... Anna Karenina, the, the right basic framework the is... Thank you. She's married to a general who she has fallen out of love with, but has a son with, and then wants to bang the hot young soldier and then feels guilty about it and throws herself under a train. That's basically okay, so the general is the football quarterback, obviously. <laughs> I mean, duh. Then the soldier is a slightly less powerful football player. I don't know. Figure no, it out. No, it's got to be like the nerd. Oh. It, it, Are soldiers the nerds of 1800s no, Russian high society? Like, the, the, like he's the guy that's is the taboo. Yeah, and also there'll be a class thing. Like, it'll be, like, rich girl, uh, rich quarterback, and, like, poor nerd. Yeah. Yeah, we could do that. I forget his name. His name was, I think, Ivan Ivanovich or some bullshit. (laughs) 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 Try harder with your fucking patron. Like, that's the problem with patronyms, is... Every country with patronyms also has a dad who insists on naming his kids after himself. So then it gets repeated twice and, like, just sounds dumb. Oh, you're saying Teenage Wasteland. Yeah, I'm saying we could, like, this could be a John Hughes thing, honestly. Yeah, honestly, my idea is actually sounding way more 80s the more I think about it. Uh, I don't know what a very 2020 take on this would be, though. Uh, uh, Vronsky, Alexei Kronovich. Yeah, you cut out is a, a bit. cavalry officer. So, like a less powerful version of a general. And her husband's name is Alexei Vronovich Kareninen. Jesus the senior state. How does anyone read this shit? I'm sorry. Yeah, they all have like 40 names. Yeah. It's what, like, Kafka did is he's like, hey, do you like depressing East European literature, but you hate long names? But you prefer just reading sentences that are paragraphs long? Yeah, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know the structure of Tolstoy or Dostoevsky enough to, like, comment on what their writings like. Well, it's like hyper-realism, so they're trying to make it as real as possible by showing every side of whatever argument they're trying to make because it's all an argument. The argument of Anna Karenina was to investigate the mind of a guilty woman who's a cheater and a harlot. He was like, I want want to investigate a what would happen if a woman was guilty of something? That'd be it. This book is called My Whore Wife. She just wants Wouldn't some that sex be something? Wouldn't dick. that be crazy? This book is called My Wife is a Whore. <laughs> or no, I like the idea of like, what, <laughs> what could I even imagine would motivate a woman? Anyway, the point that we're trying um, to make, though, is old classics of like literature that. should yeah. be discounted because they're sexist by today's standards, <laughs> and you shouldn't read them. They're bad, and you're a bad person if you read them. 
If anything, Only young adult novels actually speak adult novels. to people and uh, are usually written by women and they're only considered lower literature because of sex. I'm going to go even further and say only read Nancy Drew novel. And that's it. That's where you should get all of your... Are those still... I'm pretty sure they were trying to put out a Nancy Drew's show. Yeah. Uh, I definitely watch whatever recent Nancy Drew. I was a huge Nancy Drew fan. Uh, I believe those Hardy Boys suck my dick. Uh, Redwall and Animorphs, baby. Yeah, and was better. Uh, There's only one of her, and those are two men that have to do what Nancy Drew's doing. Uh, Come on. Also, I like that she had like two friends who one of them was like. In my earliest recollection of what I thought a lesbian would be, her name was George or Georgia. And the other one was like, God the damn, from the 40s rule. <laughs> she was constantly, they were highlighting at every turn that she was just constantly eating. <laughs> and they would mention her meal in every chapter. She'd be like, oh, there's Polly eating again. Does she ever stop eating? Does she ever stop eating? We're trying to solve a mystery in a bungalow. Chomping away. Yeah, which is a fun reminder that the consumption of food and a woman's appetite was uh, used against her. It's a very American thing to do, historically. (laughs) It is, though. Very American, proper, uptight, ladies uh, have no hunger. And And Nancy uh, Drew is always like, I'm trying to fucking solve a mystery here of who misplaced the cookie jar. And I'm going to go follow the clues into the bungalow and then get captured and then escape somehow by the next chapter and then solve the mystery and bring about justice so I can go eat food again with Polly and Dyke out. But the... The amateur sleuth is an acceptable um, trope for a young woman to play into. It's almost as if if you are accidentally good at solving mysteries, <laughs> then they got to give it to you. Uh, I very much like this. Of course, lady. As far as I'm concerned, the novel is basically a womanly genre, and real men write long well, epic poetry. Women as novelists was very victorian that's right because they were usually gentry women who didn't do anything but stay at home and follow their passion yeah they were like just whiling and and their husbands were like well it's either this or we got to put her in a mental home so we might as well put her right and what she would end up writing was usually just about how her husband would put her in a mental home if she didn't do this yeah, I will say uh, that being said, as far as I know, uh, Mary Shelley had a uh, perfectly supportive husband. Uh, she totally yeah. did, and they all got freaky. Oh yeah, biopic about Mary Shelley is some untapped territory. Her, her husband, some Lord Byron. Uh, yeah, so some Hollywood producer call me, and I'll give you elevator pitches of shit. Uh, yeah, Mary Shelley biopic. That shit would own. <laughs> yeah, at yeah, least some is, like shit from like 1982 on BBC that like no one's watched. Like, 
Yeah, what the fuck is Sofia Coppola doing? Yeah, shit, no, that, like, that is you some, know what like, I mean? fucking... Like, uh, we on. have a biopic uh, about the dude who wrote Peter Pan, and I, no one knows who that is or cares, like... Mary Shelley, who should play Mary Let's Shelley? bring Zoe Dashnell back. I mean, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> Once Upon a Time, Helena Bonham Carter, but... Zoe Dashnell, yeah. The property You brothers? know, she's dating one of the property brothers. Thing, they're two brothers. They make over houses. Oh, okay. It, people make jokes about it because they're like kind of almost twins. Uh, they might actually be twins, but they look very much alike. I have an idea for a Facebook group that I've been house. considering so, starting for like uh, a week now, but I just kind of don't want to. It's called a group where we only post parody lyrics okay. of the song "Headstrong" by Trapped. <laughs> You're allowed to post anything <laughs> that oh, starts man. with headstrong and then like headstrong, I'm gay or whatever. I don't know. I was hoping it would be like uh, oh, a group where we only post headstrong, I fuck your wife. Um, headstrong, that kind of shit. Hey now, hey now. you're right, a pop star. <laughs> oh my God. Remember that episode of Tom Goes to the Mayor with hey. Michael Ian Black where they did that? Yeah, no, I'll totally like do that Simpsons yeah. play, but for gay men, get your gay on, get laid. Headstrong, I'm gay and I love dick. Headstrong, I'm gay and I love all the dick. Now, yeah, that kind of shit. Gay man, get your ass fucked. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. All that's living gay. is gay. I mean, well, I yeah, I say when in doubt. Only shooting gay. come into your ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God damn it. We got to stop now because now Comtown's going to sue us. Yeah, that would be cool. If we can get Nick oh, Mullen to force awesome. us to buy some it's of his shirts or something. As part of the, <laughs> he's just gonna send a cease and desist letter for like making uh-huh. the dumbest <laughs> fucking jokes. I want to have it written out though. Well, you are stepping on my copyright. That's his thing. Being incredibly <laughs> fucking stupid and making a podcast about that. Anyway, Chickadee China, the Chinese chicken starts looking. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, no, All actually, right. I think bare naked ladies deserves a. They mentioned uh, Sailor Moon in that song as so. an artist, and I know you were like, wait, no, that is from one week. Um, I'm a big fan. Like I said, they mentioned Sailor Moon in that song. Also, yeah, oh, they are a huge wait, no, feature of one of my Smash favorite Bros? films, Rat Race. Wait, yeah. Okay, okay I have yeah, a problem yeah, yeah, with Rat Race. It is a, I like that movie. It is a oh, remake so of It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. Why? And that was my favorite movie so as good. a child. I would run around. Mad, 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 I, Mad World. Yeah. <laughs> I was born with flowing red hair out of my mom's vagina with flowing red hair. Um, and then it was my favorite movie as a child. I was like, give me Herbie Please, the Love Bug. Give me It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. I want all of the Stooges in there. I want everybody to talk like this. And then to go to the big W. Give me the big W in the sky. Sailing right out there. Sailing right yeah. out there. 
was the greatest movie as a child. And then I saw Rat Race. I'm like, this, this movie ripped off my childhood dream. Fuck this movie and fuck Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> Wait, is he in that movie? I am like currently going to like create a graphic novel about a baby Steve having this experience. This is yeah, I mean, like my, this my is favorite such a movie. singular experience. Oh, probably Godfather. I, just I don't just sailing that. right out there, sailing right out there. You, you, you're gonna get a million dollars. You want to find a million dollars underneath? You dig underneath a big W. You go out there. It's out in San Francisco. Right onto the big W. Go out there. First person that gets it gets the million dollars. Go. And then there's like yeah. ten of them, and they're all in like Volkswagen Beetle. They're all in some sort of rat race. Yeah, I think it's a killer premise. A wealthy eccentric randomly chooses people to compete for riches, and then and so you're saying he's it's also a critique of capital betting on this you. with his other rich friends. Yeah, it's great. I mean, in the it's same great. way, Hunger Games is. Yes, and also, I, I mean, that's Hunger Games. They just decided to form a society around. Yeah, uh, I see. Again, I have the same problem. Games as I do Rat Race, which is that it was a rip Hunger off Games of, is not as funny. At a Royale. Oh, no. <laughs> which yeah, is that movie fucking ends. Perhaps one of the greatest movies. Battle Royale? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. I hear people on the fucking street talking about I I heard somebody at one of my deliveries that was just like, you know, Hunger Games, that's nothing, man. Wait till you see the original, the Asian version of it. Where they're actually murdering people. And I'm like, <laughs> cool. you 15 year olds fucking rock on this prospect park stoop. Yeah. Oh, I envy them in a way because I definitely <laughs> saw Battle Royale like mad times, like yeah, way, no. way before Hunger Games came out. That was the thing, though. I had read, I read all the Hunger Games books because I was making a little fun earlier. But I am one of those bitches who will definitely read a young adult series as a full adult and have no shame about it. So the first novel, uh, as I read it, it it's very hard uh, if you have deep knowledge of the battle royale to not be like oh my god this is so similar in the not just in like an overall premise but um there's certain peaks and valleys in the story yeah. of whatever but then yeah no I, I mean i remember the first time my sister where uh, they're like trying to be cute hunger games uh, and i did immediately i dishishly was like isn't that just Battle Royale? And then she's like, what's that? And I'm like, eh, it doesn't matter. So there's, well, Rat Race. Battle. We got all of them in there. Okay, well, you know, just if we're naming things we like. Yeah, there's not uh, that many original. I uh, watching uh, FX Fargo, which I don't like, but it has Colin Hanks in it, who was <laughs> in Orange County, and that movie fucking ends. That movie is one of the best fucking movies. Oh, that movie does rule. And I was also thinking about, we were just talking about it here because Leland recently right. um, made me rewatch. He was watching for the oh, first right, time right, right, Dexter. Right, right. And there is, of course, a season of Dexter where Colin Hanks is well, there. Down, and um, there's some, there's yeah. like a couple other people who are also in Orange County. 
John Lithgow, yeah, no, yes. I could see it's, like uh, yeah, watching Dexter and like wanting to kill yourself and being like, weeks. well, uh, we if I don't kill myself, I can watch Orange sucks. County again. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> that movie's great. That's true. It does suck. God, Just, rewatching Dexter was really funny because. Because I haven't rewatched it ever. Okay, I will uh, just say, uh, Leland, if you want to so annoy Bunny, uh, rewatch Entourage. Like, uh, Fucking that shit would earn. Oh no! Well, I, I did watch To the Lake, <laughs> but um, before I was show. watching To the Lake, I'm doing a deep Thirty Rock rewatch. I have not watched Thirty Rock in a long time. Unfortunately, I am now doing this rewatch when they stricken all of the episodes with blackface <laughs> from the streaming platforms, which I didn't realize till I was going through this rewatch. Includes the episode where Liz Lemon thinks she meets Oprah on the plane, which is a great episode, and it fucking sucks because there is a B plot where. Jenna Maroney, I guess, briefly does blackface, so that's why they've cut it from the streaming services, but I'm like, the Oprah part is so good, it, it is kind of a bummer. I've rewatched a lot of things during this year, this pandemic year. Um, this has been fun because I actually, there's been like some shitting on Tina Fey in recent years in a way that I'm like not totally into uh, at all. But rewatching 30 Rock was really nice because one, yeah, there are some jokes that are like insensitive or whatever, but there's so many fucking jokes. It's a great show that way in terms of like just levels of absurdity and rapid fire and whatever. And I'm comparing it to rewatching Parks and wreck which is like wah wah where i am politically is definitely influencing my feelings of rewatching these things because it's definitely a super bummer to rewatch something like parks and rec now and uh actually watching 30 rock is quite nice because this time i'm noticing all the ways where I don't know. It seems like Tina Fey was pretty careful to make Liz Lemon this imperfect character. Like, she just continuously is a shitty person. <laughs> but, like, in a way that's relate. I don't know. I did recently rewatch the episode where she calls Homeland Security on her neighbor. Uh, and it turns out her neighbor was just putting together an audition tape for Amazing Race. I do find it fascinating that Tina Fey, uh, I'm only halfway through my rewatch, but there are like copious references and jokes about Greek people in the series, but they're external, they're extraneous. They're never connected to the character of Liz Lemon, and I find that, like, really weird and interesting. Her mom was literally born in Greece. <laughs> Whereas she, uh, many times... Yeah, no, I'll be honest, her, I never seen it. For instance, as the character of Liz Lemon. I saw it when it was and, called the Larry yeah. Sanders Show, and I'll leave it at that. Oh, man, it's worth... <laughs> yeah, no, I... Oh, well, come I the when fuck it was on. It's like Studio 60 yeah, on the Sunset no. Strip. Ugh. Uh, there are oh, really? some really nice jokes in the first season. I thought like Studio 60 and 30 Rock. Yeah, it was a very funny thing because. It was the same yeah. year, and everybody initially was like, oh, well, like, bye-bye, 30 okay. months, bye-bye, little this show. And uh, then well, Studio 60 um, got canceled, and 30 Rock, uh, you know, eventually, yeah. 
Yeah, they make they make a pre-pointed uh, joke about a walk and talk kind of mid mid first season. But um yeah, yeah. It, it's nice to rewatch a show sure. and be like, oh, this is actually this was a good Yeah, show. I'm, I'm on my like <laughs> second watch through of it's all uh sub franchises of nineties Star Trek right now. Uh so that's where I'm at with shit. Thinking about doing the Sopranos. Mm-hmm. Leland watched The Sopranos not too too long ago, so um, he also at the same like it was a series of things. It was like The Sopranos <laughs> and also also the Godfather movies and also Goodfellas and also etc. So it was like very intense uh, um, to deal with like great content and art. <laughs> to deal with um, great content, but dealing with your boyfriend doing a very specific <laughs> you Jew uh, motherfucker you like picking the most racist parts of <laughs> of these things and just like doing bits around it like a lot and um well can you know, light so up this I, I uh, George Floyd thing uh, I just want to say but it's not, um it's not saying the end if it starts with an M and is an Italian mm-hmm. true uh I so I think the nanny. That's what I really want to watch. Well, because I'm watching Thirty Rock, and it's a really good uh, as a person who at writes jokes does sometimes. You know, uh, it's a really good show to watch as a joke writer. And uh, the nanny actually was a great joke, joke, joke kind of show. So, and I love Fran Drescher and. I would like to watch a 36-year-old Fran Drescher mm. start The Nanny. Because uh, that's how old she was when she started that show. And it was great. It was wonderful. It was beautiful. And I love it. Um, yeah, thank you. So those are my plans. Is right. <laughs> right. I can stream The Nanny. See ya. Mm-hmm. See ya.
心。